Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today's, uh, we have with us Jody Boyce, and she is with Teriyaki Madness. Welcome, Jody. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Teriyaki Madness. How are you serving folks? So Teriyaki Madness is a Seattle-style teriyaki shop, and so we serve huge bowls of grilled chicken, steak, salmon, and tofu over fresh veggies, and then your choice of rice um, or noodles. So they're really good. They're customized. We make our houses and our sauces in-house. And we have about 95 locations now nationwide. So what attracted you to this kind of concept? So I was at Smashburger prior um, about four and a half years ago. And at the time we had done a ton of consumer research uh, where consumers were saying everything that they wanted, basically the customizable, healthy options, um, you know, made to order quality ingredients. And at the time, third-party delivery was also brand new. Um, and, you know, burgers and fries are, are tough getting out the door. Um, and so when I went and tried Tarek Madness for the first time, and first of all, the product is just amazing. It's really addicting and just tastes really good. It also travels really well. And so Basically, everything that consumers were saying they wanted, Teriyaki Madness had. And so I was really excited to jump on board and and take this to the next level um, and grow this brand pretty quickly. Now, do you see that as a trend or a kind of a must-have moving forward that things have to travel well? Absolutely. I think they wanted that before the pandemic. And now with COVID, everything's just been accelerated. So brands that weren't doing delivery before it's an absolute must have now, or at least curbside and, and making your food, you know, easily accessible and taste good at home. So now um, how has uh, the pandemic impacted uh, the restaurants we have right now? Are they, were they able to kind of uh, sustain themselves during this? Yeah, we were very lucky. Um, we, we didn't even drop in sales too, too much in March and April. We fully recovered in May and our, our system sales have been up double digits ever since. So we've actually been thriving in this situation. Our, our brand and our product lends really well to, you know, the, not only the traveling and getting home, but just ease of use. So we're, we're more of a mix between fast casual. We say we're fast casual in the front of the house, but we're, a bit of QSR in the back of house, just with our speed and the way that we're set up. So um, our model works really well um, in, in situations like this. And we were doing 70% of our business to go or delivery before the pandemic. So we didn't have to pivot too much. It was um, more of kind of turning up the technology we already had at our fingertips. Now, what about in future restaurants? Are, are you going to be able to um, have a smaller footprint? We are. We're looking at smaller dining rooms, potentially slightly larger kitchens, or at least you know consistent with what we have today. Um, but what's really important is ease of access. So being able to pull in, pull out very easily, parking spots up front. You know, with all new leases, we make sure the landlord includes at least one, if not three or four, 
um, parking spots that are dedicated to to running in and, and having us run the food out for curbside. So now um, in your role, uh, are you finding that there's more interest in the uh, concept? Absolutely. I think just more brand awareness in general, but also interest for franchising. This is a, a good time for people to jump in and get on board. Uh, we also have a, a separate subsidiary uh, company that we started during COVID called Restaurant Sherpas. And essentially it allows us to run shops for absentee owners. So it's opening the door for all kinds of new investors and people who either want to keep their jobs or just invest in our immense growth. Uh, they can purchase the shop and be the franchise owner and then hire Restaurant Sherpas to completely run it and have nothing to do with with the shop. So we have all kinds of different models and we're seeing um, a lot of interest, double interest from what we've ever seen in the past. So then that um, organization will put boots on the ground wherever there's, so they fund the franchise and then you're kind of hired to execute the concept on a day-to-day basis. Exactly. And we'll, we'll take it as far as they want, or if they want to be involved a little bit, they can, but we'll do everything from finding the real estate and doing construction to doing the marketing and running the shop. If the franchisee wants to have some hand in that, they can, um, but it's really working out. We already have 10 locations that are run by restaurant Sherpas today. So it's working out pretty well. Yeah. That sounds like a very innovative concept. Yeah. Our CEO came up with it uh, about a year ago and we said, well, that's crazy idea. And then um, we said, let's, let's do it. Let's try it. There's a huge need for that. And there's a lot of people out there who want to own a restaurant um, for the investment of it and don't want to run it. So it is really unique. We're the only ones doing it right now. And it's exciting. Now, are the restaurants kind of self-standing or are they uh, part of a strip mall? Like how, how, where are they typically located? <clears throat> yeah, most of ours are in strip malls. Uh, we don't need drive through locations necessarily or um, end caps, but we do want to be extremely accessible and visible. So um, looking for locations that are, you know, on, on busy streets, um, we do really well in kind of medium, small towns. Um, and we have several in larger towns as well. So accessibility is really key with third-party delivery and curbside. Um, our curbside program, our, our vision for that is to be faster than a drive through So we want someone to be able to pull up. Um, we have an I'm here button in our app that they can click and we run the food out in less than a minute. Now, what does a potential franchisee look like? Do you have a profile? Is this somebody that is adding um, Teriyaki Madness as a complimentary restaurant to a portfolio they already have? Or are they kind of, you know, first time franchisees? Yeah, we have a pretty wide range. We have a lot of franchisees who this is their their life and their business and they own and operate. Um, some who have never had restaurant experience before. So we, we do pride ourselves in the systems and processes we have. And as long as a franchisee can follow those, they can be successful. We also are attracting a lot of the larger franchisees now who do want to complete their portfolio um, and have several other brands and want to open, you know, 10 to 15 or, or 30 um, locations. So it it really does have a wide range. And now with Restaurant Sherpas, that's a whole new segment that is pure investors and people who want potentially nothing to do with the restaurant. They're looking for the investment. 
And then um, are are you all are national right now? Or are you starting out in one region and expanding out from there? No, we are national. So we, we definitely have pockets in markets. We started in Las Vegas. So we have a cluster of 16 there. Um, but we are national. We're actually international. We have um, two in Mexico and then we're opening two this year in Canada. So we are all over. Now, is there an area of the country that you're looking to um, go into in 2021? Well, Canada will be new for us, so that will be interesting. And, and teriyaki, um, there are some teriyaki concepts up there, so it'll be really interesting to go into a market where people do know of teriyaki a little bit more maybe than they do in middle America um, or even the East Coast, since teriyaki really started on the, on the West Coast, Americanized teriyaki. Um, we'll go anywhere that a, a franchisee would like to go, uh, and we have our real estate team and our um, team of experts who will look at the site and look at the market and decide is, you know, is that the best place, but we'll go anywhere someone is willing to be that looks like it fits our model. So now for you and your career, is this the first time you've kind of uh, been working with an emerging franchise like this or? Um... Um, I was with Quiznos way back in the day. Um, I started when there were fewer than a thousand and left when there were 5,500. So Definitely saw a ton of growth there. Um, we're not necessarily looking to grow as crazy fast as, as Quiznos did. We want to build really smart. Um, you know, when I, I always say I, I learned a ton when I was there, I, I worked with some of the best people, um, but I learned a lot of what to do and also a lot of what not to do. Um, and so we have a group of people with tons of experience on our executive team and we're trying to grow smart and do this uh, for the long term and not a quick shot in the arm. So what do you need more of right now? How can we help you? We just see more brand awareness. You know, we're, we are larger. We're 95 restaurants now, but we're still small. So um, it's exciting because usually when people try our food, they get it and they try it and they go, wow, that's really good. Um, and it's a simple menu and you know, not too hard to operate. So it's really about awareness and getting people to try the food, uh, visit our restaurants, and and then give us a call. And if somebody wants to learn more, have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? TeriyakiMadness.com. Well, Jody, congratulations on all the success. Thank you so much. Nice to talk to you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio. 